Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Discern Daily, a show on the Majesty's men for seeking truth. My name is Pate, and I'm the host of Discern Daily. And if you missed the last episode that we did, which was episode 24, we talked about the core of the saving gospel. We took a look at a tweet by Mark Dever, which wrote, I recently heard someone say the core of the gospel is God's commitment to protect the vulnerable. What do you think? So we looked at that, had a good discussion on that, and if that's something that piques your interest, make sure you check out episode 24, The Core of the Saving Gospel. On this new episode, I'd like to open a discussion about whether or not Christians are allowed to be financially rich. Um, The Bible talks about money a whole lot. And I think that since we need money to operate today, it's it's a relevant discussion. And I think every Christian should have a good understanding and a stance and um, a biblical conviction on money. So I was actually sent a link to this post that we're going to be highlighting in this episode. And the post was titled, What Does the Bible Say About Wealth and Prosperity? And this was a post found on BibleGateway.com on their Bible Gateway blog. And it says it's by Costi W. Hinn. Um, It looks like the post is adapted from a book. So it looks like an excerpt from a book, which was titled, God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel, How Truth Overwhelms a Life Built on Lies by Costi W. Hinn. Um, I haven't read the book. I've heard about the book. I've heard about this guy, Costi W. Hinn. And from what I know about him is that he is Benny Hinn's nephew. Um, That name Benny Hinn might sound familiar because he is arguably the face of the prosperity gospel. Um, And Costi Hinn has got a lot of attention recently um, because he is not an advocate of the prosperity gospel. Uh, He actually has dedicated a lot of work to exposing the errors of the prosperity gospel. That's my understanding of Costi Hinn. Um, and it looks like this book hits on all of that. Um, but yeah, Costi is, is Benny Hinn's nephew. But I'm sure that this, this topic and reading about this, I'm sure that this is a very sensitive and important issue for Costi because it's caused division in his family, um, obviously. Um, so I take that into account, a little bit of backstory there. But man, the post, which was an excerpt from the book, it hits on some very, very good thought-provoking things um, that I believe is very valuable for all Christians. So I wanted to just begin by sharing with you how the article or post puts forth some really great questions at the beginning. So the piece writes, quote, Is God opposed to a Christian making a high salary? What's wrong with an employer rewarding an employee for doing his job? Should Christians take a vow of poverty and purposely try to suffer? Is poverty God's will for us? End quote. Um, you know, I've I've heard and I've seen and I've interacted with people who, you know, they're, they're not rich. And so because they're not rich, they look at the Bible, they look at the life of Jesus, and they recognize that, they, that Jesus didn't have a lot of money. Um, and so therefore, they don't think in, that Christians should have a lot of money either. You should be giving away all of your money and basically living a life of poverty. And so you have the prosperity gospel on one end of the spectrum, and then you have the poverty gospel on the other. But um, is having money sinful? Does the Bible say that? Does Jesus say that? Um, 
<clears throat> these are very important things, very good questions that kind of got my thinking rolling as I was going through the post. But, you know, some boast in their lack of wealth, I think, or, you know, they, they, they see really a little need for stewarding things well. So on that, I think the article um, hit on something well on that, where it writes, quote, bragging about not buying shoes when you can, or using a verse about rich people not getting into heaven to excuse yourself from being a steward is no better than a prosperity preacher living on the other side of the spectrum, end quote. I totally agree with that. But I think some of us were, you know, when we come and we approach and we're faced with these topics of money, a lot of times I think that personally we think, okay, this is a topic for other people with money, right? So whose money are we really talking about here? Because my money, I've got a plan, right, for my money. Um, so this is something that is for other people, other Christians, other Christians who have more money than me, because I'm just, you know, I'm getting by and that sort of thing. We kind of go towards that direction. But, you know, for those who are wondering whose money are we kind of talking about here? Well, let's read. The uh, Post writes, quote, probably the most important stewardship principle to remember is this. God owns everything. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, Psalm 50.10. He owns everything under heaven. For that matter, Job 41.11. Um, the psalmist declares, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it, Psalm 24.1. There's no arguing with the Bible on who owns everything. God does, end quote. Yeah. I mean, that's a good sober reminder for us, right? We, we would like to think that, you know, when we talk about money and what the Bible says about money, you know, this is for other people's money. But even the money that we have, we have to face the reality that like everything that I have is from God and it is God's. Everything under heaven is owned by God. So, you know, I think that that's, that's really important, really good. And, and it was convicting to read that in the post, but Here's where the meat and the taters are, right, in the post. So uh, this is kind of a long excerpt, but this is really why I wanted to share this article, because in this, I believe this is where the meat and taters are. So the post writes, quote, Even though wealth is not guaranteed on earth, God does give the opportunity to gain wealth. You may say, nobody gave me wealth, I earned it. The children of Israel thought the same thing, but Moses reminded them that it was God who was blessing them based solely on his sovereign will. Deuteronomy 8:17 through 18 says, You may say in your heart, My power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth, but you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you the power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. If God has blessed you with wealth, you ought to humbly thank him and realize that you have a great responsibility. Speaking to the rich, John writes, But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. 1 John three seventeen through 18 end quote. 
Wow. So we could we could park on this. And so if you need to pause the video here, or the, the, the audio, and uh, think about that, that that right there is what it's all about. We need to have that understanding. I believe there's some really good things here. And kind of what he's saying is it's okay to have money, right? So like having money isn't sin, but loving money is. You know, some of the people may think of the verse, 1 Timothy 6.10, where it says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. You know, money isn't sinful. Loving money is. And if you have it, we should, you know, we've been blessed with money to be a blessing to others. We need to have this mindset. This, I think, is part of the mind of Christ. Um, moving on to a final quote that I wanted to share with you guys. It's really just another slam dunk that I wanted to share is where Costi writes, quote, sure, it's biblical and prudent to leave an inheritance for your children, Proverbs 13, 22, and it's good to work hard and save for the future, like Proverbs 6, 6. But you know what the greatest purpose of wealth is to advance the gospel and do God's will, end quote. Boom. I mean, we really would do well to see money as a resource to promote change and increase gospel works. You know, because far too often, and I'm included in this, we use money to just simply comfort ourselves. We don't really see money through a lens of like, how can the gospel advance using this money that God's put in front of me? Instead, we often view money as like, hey, I'm going to get more comfortable with some more money. So, man, I found this post to be very, very useful and thought-provoking. Um, I want to encourage you to go and check out this post on BibleGateway.com. If you're looking at this episode on our full page, you'll see a link to the post. I really would encourage you to go and read it. Um, but I would love to ask you and hear from you what you think of this content that's put forward here. What kind of challenges do you face regarding uh, finances and faith and, and the tension, the balances and how they interact together. I'm assuming that the spirit is speaking to, to your conscience on, on these things. And I'd love to hear um, what you think. So, you know, furthermore, I would like to ask, how has the gospel impacted your finances? You know, before Christ, when we were dead in our sins and our trespasses, we used to walk in a certain way. We, we used to use money in a certain way, but I believe that the gospel changes everything. Once we become in union with Christ, our finances is one of the major things in our life that drastically changes. So I would love to hear what your guys' thoughts are on this. Please, if you found this useful, share this episode on social media and let's seek the truth together.